This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858. Got a message here from Chris that I'd love to um, throw to Storm shortly. Hey boys, what about the Aussie netballers having done to grassroots netball by forcing Gina's hand? That's probably obviously. The termination of the Hancock sponsorship deal, what's it going to do for Netball Australia? $15 million. I was reading $15 million, but, uh, mate, they've got value and, and things that they live by, and they've made that decision. So we'll have a chat to Storm about the Silver Ferns. It was a perfect start for the Silver Ferns in the Constellation Cup, picking up the first two wins of the series in New Zealand with a fast and exciting style that took the Diamonds by surprise. But it was all too good to be true. Australia have officially taken the cup across the ditch after back-to-back clinical performances in their homeland to seal the deal. Storm Purvis is a former Silver Fern who has been following the series in depth for Sky Sport, and she joins us on the line now to recap the action. Morena to you. Thank you so much for joining us on your day off. Thank you, Storm. How are you doing? Morena, boys, it's not my day off, don't worry. I'm on the grind. <laughs> oh, the crowd goes wild, never yeah. sleep, so I'm into Sky Sport <laughs> office soon. Don't worry. <laughs> did, did you sleep in there? I'm pretty sure you were in there all last night too. <laughs> I left it about midnight. Yeah, I know. I'm start, starting oh. to think I should put an airbed in the in the edit suite or something. <laughs> oh, you're a hard worker, mate. So look, uh, quickly, we're, we're going to touch on last night. How'd you find last night? Watching from New Zealand, you must have been on edge of your seat in the second half. Half. Oh, it was just frustrating, to be honest. I mean, we mm. were. You said it in your intro there, Izzy. We were up by five at half time. And and we were humming. We were looking really good. Um, I must say the umpires were kind of working in our favour. They performed a lot differently than they did three nights ago in Melbourne. And then in this third quarter, I guess, um, yeah, the Diamonds, they went on a 12-2 run. So 12-2-2 and ended up winning that quarter in 19-8. And that was just too hard to come back from. And weirdly enough, I mentioned mentioned the umpires, but in that third quarter, something changed and they started pulling us up for everything and letting Australia go for everything. So I don't know whether, apparently there was a bit of chit-chat at halftime from the um, Australian captain with Watson, you're allowed to go up and sort of question a few umpire calls or, or bring things to life at halftime. And I have a feeling she must have said something and it just switched <laughs> a little bit and I think we, we just didn't adjust. So I'm not, I'm not trying to point blame here anywhere. We should have adjusted and we no. didn't. And that's just where it all went wrong, really. Yeah, I've I've actually seen that happen, Storm. You know, where they've got to the referee at half time, and the and the whole shape of the game changes. Um, I witnessed that up in up in the UK when I played in a Test match up there. But last night, you know, I, I watched the first the first half. And we looked really good, and it just 
we went to sleep in the second. Do you think they missed that connection um, between Tuava and Nwiki in those two tests in Australia? Because it seemed indecisive without Peter. Oh, they, they absolutely did. Um, you, you really can't deny that. And it's not to say that, you know, Maddie Gordon didn't come on and, and do a really good job in, in her first half, at least, um, you know, on Wednesday. Big shoes to fill for her coming in at wing attack after the, in the first two tests. All everyone could talk about was Tess Toyava and how amazing she was and how great her yeah. grace was. So for her not to be there and Maddie Gordon be given the wing attack, the you know big ask, and and she probably felt the pressure. But I thought she was brilliant on um, sorry last night for that first half, and then as soon as you know a couple of things went wrong and and a couple of passes went wayward, I guess they just didn't have that sort of thread that Peter and Nwiki have from their Mystics days and playing together for so long to be able to bring it back, and so we just kind of fell into this hole and there was there was no one to really bring us out of it. And then uh, Dame Nolan Totoa made a, a whole raft of changes once Australia went on that sort of 12-2 run. And, you know, I don't blame her for making those changes. You had to do something. But unfortunately, they just didn't quite work and we, and we didn't quite settle, especially in that attacking end. Um, and it was the fourth game of a, of a really hard series against Australia away from home. And I just think, you know, Amelia Anikinasio, our captain and goal attack, that would have been her fourth straight not quite, sorry, but nearly third anyway, full game at goal attack against the Australians since coming back from her um, second child. So she started to fade away a little bit as well in that fourth quarter. So um, while it's a super shame that we lost the Constellation Carpet, I'm gutted to see it go back across mm. the ditch. Um, I'm still confident that we're looking good for World Cup next year and the bones are there and the structures are there. And I'm, I'm not too worried about these, these little fades. That's, an, that's another question we had for you, actually, quite early to call. But where do the Silver Ferns still sit heading to the World Cup? What would you like to see happen? Any changes, any parts of their game they need to work out? I think there may be a whole personnel changes, depending on how some players come back in the ANZ mm. Premiership. I mean, I've been stoked with our defensive end in this Constellation Cup, which you know I wasn't expecting to be, because we're still without Jane Watson and Karen Berger. So they've got to come back into the ANZ and, and play well and prove to Dame Knowles that they should come back in. I think you'd take Jane Watson, um, possibly in place of Ellie Timu, who's a young duck who went over to Australia. And then you have to pick Peter Toyava, I guess. And then Gina Crampton's on a sabbatical, so she's going to come back into the side. And someone like Gina, they really could have used last night just for that calm sort of head that's been there for a while. So um, there's there's quite a few person, personnel changes that could be made, let alone game plan and, and style changes. I think I think they've got the bones, like I said, and I think what they're trying to do is the right idea. It's just consistency and, and executing it. So I'm feeling pretty good, boys. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited about yeah. the World Cup, and, yeah, I definitely think we can defend it. Beautiful. And just quickly, how, how do we break down that hoodoo of travelling across the ditch, playing the diamonds in their own backyard? Like... Is it a difficult situation that they face? Is it in their own heads, you feel? Isn't it funny? We've, we've been talking about this with the black caps, it seems like, for an age. So <laughs> it's just so funny. We, we were kind of talking about it last night. What is it? Is it enriched in our Kiwi culture that we just don't have that killer instinct? There's nothing better storm beating them over there. Oh, I know, I know. I think it hasn't helped, boys, that the Australians haven't played at home in over a thousand days. 
And so I think it was more a case of them just really getting up to that, being at home and having screaming Australians in the crowd for the first time in a, in a really, really long time. So we can do it. We're not, we're not as, there's no red flags here. I know the Black Cats got it done the other night, but, you know, we won't be waiting 11 years or whatever it is. <laughs> just getting one over there. Hey, uh, Kate Heffernan and Grace Nowicki are two young stars who cemented themselves in that black dress now. What do you think they will take away from this experience? Oh, gosh. I mean, playing full games against Australia um, for anyone is a huge deal. So for them to be that young and that new to the side and, and having that done almost four times now is just brilliant. Um, you know, that we call the Australians the human backpacks. So Grace Nwicky got to wear one of those for four games in a row and, and she really stood up and, and shot beautifully. I don't think she missed more than four or five shots across the whole um, cup. And... Kate Heffernan, I mean, I guess just confidence for her. You know, she was still going for ball, um, making herself a nuisance around the court throughout every single game. So she knows that she can do it, and she knows that she can do it four games in a row. So great work for those two. They've cemented their spots in the Silver Ferns for years to come, I'm sure. Beautiful. Or oh, just quickly, last question before we let you go. Hancock, the termination of the sponsorship, sponsorship mm. deal with the Diamonds. Does this have a huge impact? For, for their, uh, you know, environment going forward, the investment in the game? I hope it, it doesn't. Um, I really, really hope they're able to find something else to replace it. And I think I remember Hancock at, at sticking around for four or five months and sort of helping mm. Australia Diamond or hoping that they find someone that can come in um, and, and fill that gap. But it's just been such a shame and it's so hard to point the finger. I know the players are really copying it at the moment. Um, but from what it's I've kind of read one. between the lines and behind the scenes, I'm not entirely sure it was the players who who are at fault here. I don't think Netball Australia have communicated very well. Um, and I think the Players Association have a bit to um, answer for as well. And it just sounds like a huge communication, um, I don't know, mess really. So yeah. it, it yeah. is a real shame. And, and it is a complicated one. You can't. I could argue myself in a circle you know, with where I stand on the opinions on the matter. Um, but it's, it's definitely a shame for the investment of netball in Australia because they are struggling at the moment. So for their sake and for netball worldwide's um, sake, I really hope they can figure something out and, and find some investment that they desperately need. Yeah, beautiful. Appreciate it. Storm Purvis talking all things Silver Ferns. Hopefully they can go forward, take the lessons from this tournament, the Constellation Cup, and uh, go over, defend the World Cup. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Storm. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thank you. There's Storm Purvis. Yep, a difficult one. $15 million in the game, investment gone, but hey, they've got morals and they've got pillars that they live by, and uh they made that decision. To help us react to that Black Caps performance, what a start to the T20 World Cup. The Black Caps put Australia away, winning by 89 runs and a rare win on Aussie soil. Finn Allen and Devin Conway took a lot of praise, but it was a full team effort that got the job done. Ex-Black Cap Peter Fulton is on the line now. Morena Pete, thanks so much for tuning, uh, joining us, mate. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Good, thank you. Mate, quickly, look, before this performance, there was a little bit of apprehension here. We were just undecided where we sat with the Black Caps. But for you, mate, what a clinical performance. Where did it all begin? Oh, look, I think it, it probably started in that in that first over, really. Um, mm. You know, I think if that first 
first two or three overs that you know if we if we got off to a poor start, um, you know it might have been a little bit of a sort of a case of oh here we go again the Aussies are gonna the Aussies are gonna get get one over the top of us in Australia but yeah the way Finn Allen played um, set the tone right from the start whacked Mitchell Stark back over his head a couple of times which is not easy to do with the new ball um, and then yeah from from then on it was. Yeah, it's pretty one-sided, to be honest. Hey, Pete, have they got to the finish line too early with this win? Do you think they've peaked early? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I think there's, I think there's still going to be plenty of twists and turns in this, in this T20 World Cup. I mean, I think if you looked at some of those, um, some of that sort of the, the qualifying rounds when you know the likes of the West Indies got tipped up, Sri Lanka got tipped up. Um, yeah, I, I think there's definitely going to be, I think there's definitely going to be some upsets along the way. So hopefully. Hopefully New Zealand can, um, you know, can can avoid can avoid that that sort of thing happening. And like I said, good, a lot a lot better to start with a win like that against one of the against one of the other top sides. Being a fellow batsman himself, how impressive has Finn Allen impressed you? You got Devin Conway; he's got an average of sixty now in T Twenty, mate. Phenomenal stats there. But f- for you, the batting, mate, it's just classy. What a classy performance on the weekend. Yeah, it was. It was, and Finn Allen, you know, he sort of um, had a had a had a bit of a taste over the last sort of twelve months, mm. and then you know they've they've obviously made a tough decision to to go with him over Martin Guptill, who's who's obviously been one of our best white ball players for a long time. But yeah, the way the way Finn Allen, um, you know, the way he played at the top of the order, um, yeah, I think um, I think that's going to be his spot for a long time, to be honest. So cohesion is probably something that's hugely important, particularly yourself, Rory, with with the coaching. So the Black Caps taking on Afghanistan, keep the same pack together, or do you do you have any changes? And if there is changes, where does it where do they go? Where does Gary Stead change? Um, I think given given the last sort of you know over sort of recent recent years, I think they'll probably stick with a pretty similar side. Um, mm. I think the only the only potential changes. Um, you might see you'll see Daryl Mitchell come back into the team for Mark Chapman. I think yeah. if his if his fingers healed, um, and yeah, the, the the only other one they might they might rotate. You know, a Lockie Ferguson for an Adam Milne um, potentially if you know if they're a little bit worried about fitness. But other than that, I I think I think you'll see New Zealand go with a pretty pretty stable side for the for the group stages. Hey, Pete, what's the strength of the team? You know, like when they go out there and they perform like that, where do they go to? Like, does it just become a really tight unit that wants to get out there and continue to play? Or or was, you know, was that just a one-off? Because no one ever saw it coming. Oh, I think the, I think the strength, mate, is probably, um, probably that they don't get, I guess, too, you know, too high when things are going well and they don't get too low mm. when things are going badly. I mean... They obviously lost that that final of the tri series at Hagley Hagley Oval um, last week, and yeah, like I said, it, it didn't it didn't seem to be honest. It didn't actually seem like they were, they were that worried because I think they were they were they were looking ahead to you know probably to this game against Australia to try and to try and sort of make sure they're up for that game. So yeah, that'll be that'll be the key now. Like I said, they've had one good win. Um, Afghanistan mm-hmm. have got some really good spin bowlers, um, and and they're a they're a sort of a dangerous team because yeah, on their day um, they can they can they can be pretty good. Um, so so like I said, certainly no room for complacency. As a coach, how do you know when your team's on? When you've got they've done everything possible, and you're out in the you see them out in the field. When do you know that okay, 
The boys are on here, and they're ready to rip in and put on a, cr- a critical performance. Oh, I think in the field, it's you know, w- w- when you're bowling, it's, it's the it's the atmosphere and the energy in the field. I think when you see that, then you know that, mm. um, you know that, that that guys are that guys are really focused and, and up for it. Um, and with the bat, as I said before, it was it was probably right from that right from that first couple of balls. Um, the way that the way that Finn Allen played in that first over, I'm sure. That's what that's what the team had spoken about about taking on the Aussies yep. and you know not not taking a backward step. And so when you when you when you see when you see guys go out and do what you've talked about and what you've prepared for, um, that's that's when I think you know that you know that that you're in for a good day. Yeah, I think that's where we've been leading to lately. The fielding probably just a little bit lacklustre in those previous performance, but on the weekend. It was phenomenal, particularly Glenn Phillips's catch. Uh, how good. Hey, just quickly, we've got two questions before you let you go, mate. What's your predictions? Any Smokies that can come out of nowhere, or are you thinking it's more the traditional superpowers of the cricket that will be there come the end of the, end of the comp? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I actually think Sri Lanka. Um, they, struggled, they struggled in the qualifying rounds. Like I said, they got beaten by Namibia and, and had, to, had to battle just to sort of make the main, the main stages, but um, I watched I watched some of them play Ireland the game against Ireland last night and they thumped them. Um, they won the they won the Asia Cup recently against India and Pakistan. Um, and you know in the T20 format. So I, yeah, if I had to if I had to pick a smoky, um, yeah, I'd say I'd say Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, yeah, they they dominated Ireland uh, over the weekend. So yeah, they're looking pretty classy as anything, mate. Uh, just quickly, you're working with the Canterbury Canterbury boys today. How are you boys tracking? Uh, yeah, no, no, good. Went to the start of the Plunkett Shield, so um, we've got a we've got our second game starting on Wednesday up in Wellington. So yeah, we got we got uh, we got training today. We're like we're like you boys. We you know we don't we don't get a day off. We got to we got to keep uh, keep our noses to the grindstone. Yeah, mate, you did right. You did right. We're keeping our noses on the airwaves here, and our ears are listening, mate. Appreciate your time, Peter. Talking all things cricket. Good luck for the Plunkett Shield, and uh, no doubt we'll run into each other shortly around uh, the Autotake Christchurch ways, mate. Thanks so much. No, no, thanks, mate. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, see you at the Black Clash again uh, this year. <laughs> oh, are you playing? Yeah, I'm playing this year. Ah, oh, mate, you were a bully. You're a flat track bully. You keep that. You keep that bad oh, away, mate. Well, well, mate, I saw the the, the the cricket boys obviously missed it last year, and the cricket boys got a hiding. So we got a we got some work to do. Desperate, eh? Hey, you oh, boys are desperate. About they're talking about it, mate. Dan Vittori, Peter Fulton, like the two players that absolutely spanked us last time here in Christchurch. Now they've got a hiding. They've gone back, licked their wounds, and they've made these changes. I don't like it. It's greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Go and do it, Pete. <laughs> right. Looking forward mate. to it, mate. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Pish. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers for that. Peter Fulton, mate. Honest. Caelan Boshier. He, uh, he's obviously playing rugby now for the Chiefs. Oh, he used to be coached by Peter Fulton at the under-19s, under-20s. He's a captain. I think he spanked Caelan for 25, <laughs> maybe 26 <laughs> runs off one over. Like, Bang! Just put them in the stands. Just pump them into the stands every single time. And I was like, "Wow, you're a bully." And he's like, "Nah, he was giving me a bit of lip for the game, mate." And he, I think he scored like ninety off of thirty balls or, or forty balls. And I was just like, "Bang!" We got pumped in that game. Now they lost last year, Kempi. Now they've brought back Dan Vittori. and I. 
I don't know if you watched that game, but Vittori in the last over we needed uh, tw- maybe 12 mm. or maybe 16. I think we got four runs off him in the final over. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulled us out. And I was zero not out. Is that right? Oh. He just couldn't hit it. <laughs> <laughs> but no one can hit him, mate. He bowls these arm balls or all these, all these these little deliveries. You can't pick it. And one thing I've told, because you know left arm? Yeah. Vittori bowled me out in Napier. And all week I'm like, Vittori, he doesn't turn it. He doesn't turn it. Don't go on the back foot. Don't go on the back foot because that arm ball just goes straight through. Anyway, he bowls one short, just outside off. And I'm thinking, man, it's going to turn here. So my favourite shot, the back foot cut. Anyway, I go back. To go and cut this ball, I step back, and then it just goes straight, and I'm like, oh! <laughs> anyway, and it just bowls me off stump, and I'm like, all week, I'm saying don't go on the back foot, and Dan Vittori bowls me out. So, yeah, they've gone out. Vittori didn't play last year, and they got a hiding, so they've gone away and stacked their side. And I don't like it, Kempe. It's greedy. Yeah. Of course they're going to get it back. You can't have a black clash and have the cricketers yeah. lose. <laughs> they, they, well, you know, they got a bit cocky by the sounds of it. They thought, oh, they, these guys will never beat us. We'll just put our B team out and got spanked. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've made a little competitive game. You have to come down for that, Ken Pete. Uh, early, uh, mid-Jan, taking on the Black Cash, come down. It's a hell of a, hell of a um, competition and a match to go and watch. Just quickly before we shoot off, my dad's message through. Morena boys, leave TJ alone, is he? Seen you the morning after your championship win and you were a state. Well, Dad, you did right. Maybe we'll give you a call. That was embarrassing. Anyway. Well, we're going to go to Frankie Endicott, the man who just didn't coach the Kiwis and uh, we used to call him the happiest man ever to coach the Kiwis. Frankie, not uh, cranky Frankie, but happy Frankie and also not a bad uh, punt. Punt man too loves to give us a punt. We'll be asking a bit about that too. He's on the on the line for us down in Christchurch. Morena, Frank, how are you? Oh, Kempi, I'm great, mate. I'm great. Race day. Had a two cups of tea already. Ready, ready to go. <laughs> uh, big day ahead. Yeah, we spoke. Go on then. We spoke what are that. they? What are they? <laughs> Come on. What have you got running today? <laughs> oh no, we, we, we've got our little filly in again today. She's uh, Millwood Nike. She's um, she's won five out of five, going for six. In the heat of the size stakes, um, but she's only paying a dollar thirty. You don't get rich on that. No. Um, but yeah. my 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 bet today, I'm going to have a go at is race eight, number six uh, at Ashburton Beckham. Um, I think that could uh, just about win, and it's paying one sixty-five. Well, you don't get sixty-five percent in the bank. No, that's exactly right, Frank. So, but <laughs> if you take if you take yours and that, you get two bucks. So we'll do, we'll do that. We'll do, we'll multi those <laughs> up, eh? <laughs> Well, that's what I was thinking, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, you've been watching the World Cup. What do you think of the Kiwis so far? Well, everyone's saying about how clunky they look, but I wouldn't be too worried about that, Kempi, and you know that from past World Cups. You get your, your games against the minnows, and all you've got to do is win, and they've done that. Um, you know, I mean, they've had, a, they've had a couple of decent wins there. I mean, the first game, 34-12 against Lebanon, I, I actually thought Lebanon played really good. Uh, they were up for that. Yeah. And uh, we were definitely rusty, but I saw signs there that, um, especially on defence, that looked pretty good. And then they come out and beat Jamaica 68-6. Well, you know, we could go out there and beat Jamaica at the moment. But, it, you know, it, 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 they still won, and they won well, and they tried a lot of new players out. So... 
You know, I'm picking with one game to go. I think it's against Ireland. Um, you know, they're, they're there for the quarterfinals, and uh, I think their first, yeah, their first uh, quarterfinal, I think, will be against Fiji. So that'll be a good one because Fiji are going okay. What about cohesion and combinations, Frank? Um, we're still yet to see Jerome Hughes and and then Dylan Brown was out with his illness. Does that, does that make you a little bit worried or we still got enough time to, for those guys to create, get those connections right? Yeah, well, you don't get too much time, do you? And the thing mm. is that I think that um, Jerome Hughes is crucial. Um, yeah. if you, you know, you can afford to rest him because when he comes in, he does the job anyway. He's... Uh, He's cru- I think him and Joseph Manu are the two most crucial players on our team, to be honest. Um, so if they get... No, I, I'm not too worried. Um, I think we've got some niggling injuries in the air, but so have the other teams. And, uh, and and I think they'll come right at the right time. As soon as they get the tough ones, Fiji on, they'll, um, they'll start really competing to their best. Frankie, you had two of the arguably toughest front rowers running around at, at the time of Johnny Lomax and and Quentin Pongia coming out of Canberra and, and leading the front for the Kiwis. Where would you go as coach with Fisher, Harris and Liotta? Would you start with them, or, or is there another make-up in the front row that you'd like to see? Oh, no, Fisher, Harris is a first choice. Absolutely first choice. Um, he'd be in my team. I'd play him as many minutes as I could, like we used to with Quinton. Um, he's, he's fit, he's strong. I think, personally, he's the number one prop in the game at the moment. Um, and I think I would start off with um, Jesse Bromwich. Um, I see Leota. I like Leota. He's tough. I like him. Um, but he's got a bit of a hamstring twinge at the moment. So uh, you can't risk that. You can't risk putting a player on knowing he's got a ham- hamstring twinge and then uh, have to come off early in the game. So I'd start with Jesse Bromwich and, uh, and Fisher-Harris. Key work-ons uh, from that Jamaican game. I, I thought our kick receipt... Was a, a little bit lacklustre. We we weren't able to take those the high balls. So, is there anything that you can pinpoint from from the performance that the the Kiwi could do better? I do, Eddie. I I think for a start, you've got to be prepared for a short kickoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they got us every time with the short kickoff. So, I think your formation there. I think you need to get um, the likes of our tall players like Jesse Bromwich, uh, Selfa Solomona. Mm-hmm those players there ready to take. Because Solomon, he doesn't even have to jump to get the ball. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I would be certainly looking at that because it was a pretty successful tactic. And, and of course, the other teams will pick that up. Mm. Frankie, you've, you've coached in the World Cup. You've coached up in, um, up in the UK and in the NRL. When you're looking at the other teams, uh, what, are, what are England and Australia sort of doing to the way you're thinking about this World Cup and, and coming up against the Kiwis later on in the in the tournament? Well, I think I think England have got the draw to go through to the grand final, and I think that's been uh, it's been processed, hasn't it? You know, of over there, and they're always hard to beat <laughs> over there. I think you know yeah. if, if you go through if you go through 127 years of Kiwi tours to England, there's only three teams that have ever won a series in England. So that's how hard they are to beat wow. over there. Um, so. Yeah, no, I, 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 and Australia, I, I think Australia have got a real problem. They've got a selection problem, who to leave out. And that's sometimes tougher than having a, a problem like New Zealand because I, I think our team sort of just about picks itself in most positions. Um, so I, I think Australia have got a big, uh, a big headache. And, and the thing is also that going in past World Cups, 
they've always just about been knocked out in the semis. Like we, uh, us in 95, mm. at 20 all at full time, and they got us an extra time. And then also, they, uh, they, I remember that um, they played Wales in a semi-final, and I'll tell you what, that Wales were so close to beating them, it wasn't even funny. So they got out of it in the last few minutes. So, you know, they uh, they tend to, to, around that semi-final, to just falter a wee bit because they're working on, still working on their combination. So uh, hopefully we've got them, and we'll have them in the semi-final. Um, they're on our side of the draw, so... Hopefully we can cause the big upset then and go into the final against England. Hey, Frankie, just to, I got a, I got a question for you because um, you've got this Australian influence over the over the Kiwis and like I'm an advocate for Kiwi coaches coaching the Kiwi team. Um, we've just seen Mooks retire on the weekend. Did you see that Mooks has Mooks has um, stepped down from his job at Melbourne? Uh, no, Stephen, I Stephen seen Kearney, that. yeah. So he's he's actually. Um, announced at Melbourne that he's going back up to Brisbane to be with Pity and the kids, his, his wife and his kids. Um, oh. So people are always saying, "Well, how many how many Kiwi coaches do we have?" If you look at them, you got Benji coming into the comp. You got Stephen Cooney that's coached the Kiwis. You got Stace that's sitting there um, as well. Do you see a day when we actually get a Kiwi back in that top role? <coughs> well, good question because I'm with you, Kimpy. I'd rather see a Kiwi coach there. But in saying that, I think we've got the best coach in the tournament in Michael Maguire. Um, I think he's a beauty. I think he's one of the two two best coaches in the world, to be honest. One of the three, Certainly one of the three best. Um, but yeah, I, the worry about New Zealand coaches, of course, is that we haven't got pathways going through for them anymore. Mm. Uh, where we used to have the Canterbury, Auckland, Wellington, you know, um, Bay of Plenty games. Uh, they don't have those anymore, and and um, they have the national club competition. Uh, I'm sorry, the national competition provincial, but it's not nowhere near as strong as it used to be. And of course, the coaches come through that system also, and they just don't get the opportunities. What we need, you know, if there's any real good budding, uh, promising coaches in New Zealand, they really have to go to the NRL to get blooded into the system and um, and show their wares. Surely. NZRL are seeing this, uh, Frank, and seeing that with the, with the influx that they're having over in the NRL, particularly in Australia, we're losing a lot of young players. You know that down in Christchurch. We've got a lot of scouts coming down here and taking our players back to the Gold Coast, back to the Australian shores. So surely the NZRL have seen that. Can you see a, an ideal world where they make these changes and we get that pathways back? We get these competitions. You think of the Barter Card Cup. That used to be the huge one back in the day. Can we get that back to where it was? Uh, it would take a lot of work. Um, and, and if you go back to the early days of the Warriors, we had the perfect system where we had a, a, a you know a first grade side that was competing. And I'm talking about the 90s. Um, and, and then we had a very good reserve grade team. And then we had a very good Colts team. And of course, they were giving the pathways for our players to, be, to, to make our club at one of the strongest in the NRL. But then the Super League came along and blew that all apart because they made the promises of continuing with that competition, but they didn't. They got rid of the reserve grade. They got rid of the Colts. And that's when the Warriors started going downhill. So that was the, the end of the pathway. So you, is it, you're absolutely right, mate. If we come up with another strong competition in New Zealand so that our young players played here in this competition rather than go to Australia, 
it could happen, but it's not going to happen overnight. Frankie, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what needs to happen. The zones need to go and districts need to come back. And then you've got the competitions and the pathways starting all over again. And the NZRL, I agree 100%. NZRL I agree 100%. Make that decision. Hey, you're, you're heading over to the UK next week, mate. Tell us a little bit about that trip. Yeah, well, we, we leave on November the 2nd and we'll be there for the um, the quarterfinals, the semifinals and the grand final. We're going over, we've got a group going over for um, three weeks. Um, How good. And uh, there's, there's about 38, 40 of us on it. And it, people from Christchurch and uh, Auckland and Wellington and, and up the line, really good group. So they're looking forward to it, I'm looking forward to it, and we'll give some support to the Kiwis to uh, and give the Aussies plenty. Yeah, hey, <laughs> if I could go back in time, if we have that time machine, you know, Frank, that movie with old little Michael Fox, and we could go, <laughs> we could go yeah. back. I would make sure the wind was blowing a little bit harder when Ridgie hit that left foot, mate, and it shaved that post, oh. and we go through the final. Um, oh, I cringe, I cringe about that every time I see it, mate. Thanks yeah. for thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks for joining. Thanks for joining us this morning, Frankie. Uh, you're you're a champion, and we'll get you back on the show again. Have fun up there in the UK. Say you say hi to all of our old mates. Uh, Holy boy knows you're coming. I'll let him know. And um, oh, good, good. Have fun. I look forward to seeing him. Yeah, have fun. Uh, give me one, <laughs> one, one last thing, mate. One last thing. Can I ask? Is he? Is he? Yes. Has he built a house in Clarkville? Yes, yes, I have, Frank. Are you just up the road, you're my, are you? Mate, you're my neighbour. You're young Shane's across the creek from you, and so are we. We're just, I could throw a stone and just have to hit you on the roof. Can you? Where are you? Yeah. Which one? We're in Neves Road, uh, just off Island Road. We're the next one down. I, I'm, I mean, I'm sitting in my office now looking just over the trees to your house. So, yeah. yeah. Send Arlo well, over on the quad bikers. <laughs> I'm looking out the window. Can I see you? Can I see you? Where are you? No, I'm, I'm over t- t- towards the creek over that big blue gum, mate. That's me. <laughs> I can see ya. You, is that your blue boat? That's that. No, no, no. That's the neighbours. But but we're just we're just we're just over that blue gum tree. Yeah, yeah. Pop around and have a beer with me sometime, mate. Oh, he won't go home. I will, Frank. <laughs> oh, mate, you're right there. I'll, I'll get your number off Kempy and I'll flick you a message. Thanks very much, Frank. Okay, guys, have a great day. You too, Frankie. There, oh. there he is. <laughs> He's a legend, mate. mate. He's right there. I'm he... looking out my window. I see the gum. I see the blue boat. He's right there. Oh, mate. Now I'm a bit worried. <laughs> that's where I shoot. That's where I shoot my twenty. You know, twenty-two and, and try and shoot some targets. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's where that boat's going to sink with all those holes in it. <laughs> Do you know what, bro? That boat over there, I'll hit some golf balls over to it. I'll just say, oh, that, how far is that? Oh, that's about 180, so I smack some golf balls in it, try and hit it. <laughs> and it's his mate. Oh, he'll oh no. He'll, it's a small world. <sighs> He's a good bloke, mate. He's um, obviously got his, his uh, little multi there that he tipped out to us. What was that again? Yeah. Millwood Mighty, dollar thirty into race eight, number six, Beckham, dollar sixty five though, but that's two bucks. That's nice. Two ish bucks. Yeah, mate. You'd be, that's a good you'd be happy. That's a good fill up on a Monday. Mate, better than the bank. Probably a little, probably less risk than the bank too. So you're probably yeah, you're looking at a good double up double up there. Yeah. No, that's right. He mate and he's dead right. <laughs> he would think a lot about that uh that ninety five drop goal from Ridgie right on full time, you know, it's going oh. over. I remember I was sitting on the bench came off with a busted ankle and I'm sitting on the bench watching the kick and I'm going, it's going over. It's going <laughs> over and right at the last minute it's pulled to the uh, right and just shaved the post. 
and that was it. Oh. They had they had a full bench. Matty Johns um, <laughs> and Terry, what was his name? The Manly Centre, Terry. Oh, geez, slipped my mind there. On the bench, hadn't hadn't even played a game, and they come on and carved us up in the, in the extra time. Went to the final and won it. Mate, you've always got those one, what I say. My mm. one, Bernard Foley, Waratahs, just full-time to win the Super Rugby uh, back in 2015, mate, and it hurt. It hurt. 2014, I think it was, and it hurt. Yeah. I was underneath the sticks, and I was like, man, this is going over, this is going over, and it shaved the crossbar and just limped over, and you're just like, please. We appreciate our next guest coming on to talk Lahore Cup champions for the first time. After a tense 25-20 win against a mid-Canterbury outfit, Jose Aguirre is coach of uh, East Coast Rugby. We appreciate it. Morena, Jose, congratulations. Morena, bro. Morena. Morena, yeah. Awesome, awesome occasion. Mate, what's the last couple of days been like, mate? What have you been eating? The boys celebrating hard? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's some going, uh, as you can imagine, <laughs> and, and that'll probably carry on all week. Um, so I managed to I managed to sneak away and and uh, you know got home. Um, so but hey, hey look it was um, pretty stressful times but you know glad that that we bloody got through it and then the boys you know put in a put in a huge effort to obviously get the result and, and that so it was a massive massive occasion. Nice. Hey Jose, well done, mate. That's uh, well, just some some really good tries in that game. Long range tries. How's the how how the ticker, mate? How the heart go through that through that experience for you? <laughs> oh, look, every, I'll say to a few other people: every single win that we've had in this Heartland competition has been within five points. So I guess there was nothing there was nothing in the boys <laughs> like keeping everyone on the edge of their seats. So. Um, you know, but I was I had a I had a short or well, a small bit of belief because we'd been in that situation um every single game or, or win that we've had. So um I was quietly confident that they knew how to close out games where, you know, last year um a majority of our losses came exactly the same. So I guess that was another pleasing thing to see that, you know, they were learning how to close games out and, and get results. So it was you know, it was just an awesome to, to see. Hose, as a coach, mate, yeah, you've done a fantastic job at East Coast Rugby, but when you think of the season as a whole, it could be on the field, it could be off the field, what is the most proudest moment that you've that you've witnessed this year or something that you're extremely proud of this East Coast Rugby team or even the community? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, just the um, just the, the, the challenges and the adversity that the boys have to go through um, um, in terms of you know their commitment and, and dedication just to just to get to trainings and 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 to travel away for games you know we've, we the boys stayed in tents um, in the semi final week against sort of Fenua and Levin so um, you know hey. the things that they go through in order to in order to, to get the results I couldn't be you know I'm just proud of every single one of them um, you know so outside of those things they still need to go and get themselves fit <clears throat> and you know do all of that sort of work. Um, as well, so oh far out. It's just you know the the things that they go through. Um, uh, you know, really they inspire me actually as as a coach. So that's pretty awesome, mate. Well yeah. done, like Hose. You know, like to, to I know exactly what you're talking about. The struggles and keeping your team together and the amount of travelling you guys have to do from Nātepōrau out to the rest of the world. You know, um, well done, well done, man. T- tell me. Bale's got a Netflix program done. Are we, you going to announce that coming out soon or not? 
<laughs> uh, there's nothing in the pipeline, but um, she's just looking back, I was like, oh, far out if we had a documented, um, you know, this year would have been a good follow-on from last year, but, oh, yeah, yeah look, these, the, the boys never, uh, been, never short of any surprises, that's for sure. Yeah, you guys oh. enjoyed it. You enjoyed the, I guess the win. I watched. Uh, you know, obviously, all of the whanau come on and crowd the, crowd the field when you won. You made so many people happy. What was the celebrations like? What was a kai? Oh, it was yeah, it was amazing. The horses on the field, um, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it was wicked. You know, the boys were up there. Um, there were huckers on all over the field. So it was just amazing to see. Um, uh, it's, it's incredible what the game of rugby um, can do. And so up there, it's obviously, uh, rugby's obviously a, re- a religion. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's an awesome vehicle for us to, um, to drive our community. So, so that's, a, that, that's a big driver um, um, from my perspective is, is like, look, if we can, if we can uh, instill some, some values and, and, and that into, into our players and they go back into their communities and, and they uh, do the same to, to their kids. So, um, yeah, look, it's just, it's, it's just amazing, you know, the game of rugby. Who, who, would have, who would have thought? Oh, mate, it's awesome. I saw that horse photo, bro, white horse with blue dye all over it. It was, <laughs> it was so good. I just could... oh, there, 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 were, there were blue and white balloons from, from Gizzy all the way up. Um, to coast, every, you know, all on the it was it was amazing. You know, the community really put it on and fully supportive. It was, you know, it was incredible. Oh me, bro! Another player that was amazing, and I'm super proud of. And man, he is tough. I tell you what, hopefully the boys don't get lippy to him because he can scrap. as Sam Parks, bro, how good was he at <laughs> halfback for you fellas? Oh, Sammy Parks, he he was supposed to have knee surgery back in back in June, so he sort of held that up, held that off. He's gutsed it out all the way, and he's actually got a fight next week. So he's, he? he's off one hoi hoi and then on to another one. <laughs> he's an animal. He is. He is an animal, no doubt, mate. I was super proud. I'm just looking at a photo of Fafili Lavave too, Mo. So his influence, have you, have you scouted any more? You got any big names coming back to lace them up for Coast? <laughs> Oh, geez, I haven't looked that far ahead yet, but, uh, you know, the older fellas like that are really, you know, are crucial for us just in terms of, you know, their, their knowledge of the game, uh, their experience, mm. and, and when I've got a group of, of, a core group of young men that are, um, you know, that are sponges, that are keen, they're willing to learn, um, if you can bring in some older guys um, to show and teach these fellas, they'll, they'll take it on board and they'll, you know, they'll run with it and, and give it everything they've got, so, um, yeah, it is... Uh, in terms of yeah, next season, I'm not sure he's in the pipeline. We'll, um, we'll we'll get through get through this next couple of weeks, and then yeah, who knows? Beautiful hose. Oh, well done, mate. You're an influential part to why they've been able to turn around. You're changing lives here in the coast, and uh, people are starting to believe there's no better sight when you see the light blue around the country uniting, mate. Congratulations. Enjoy the next few days, and enjoy your final time, bro. Appreciate your time. Awesome, thanks, boys. Thanks awesome, Hose. Yes, Jose Gear, uh, fantastic player in his own right, but now he's changing lives. I get messages all the time about them, Kimpy, and they are just, he's going there, he's changing their fitness, making them, you know, changing their nutrition, just getting doing everything possible uh, to change their lives, and now they're getting the results. So, well, putting them awesome in the fight. story. Yeah, man, it is. Get it them. Is. Get them a Netflix. Get them a Netflix. Imagine that, a Netflix watching these people sleep in tents before their semi-final. 
yeah. against Horofanua Kapiti and then they go out and they win that game and then they go on to win the competition. That is as grassroots as it comes. Beautiful. How good. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.